What's up, people? My name is Amanda. And I'm not introducing you guys. Go ahead. I guess she's just going to cut that out. <laughs> I'm going to cut it. I was just trying to surprise you. Oh, man. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Take After the Take on April 5th. I'm Duante Keller Woods and my lovely co-host, <laughs> Michael Franz. I'm, I'm just playing my man. <laughs> Beautiful. Now we're joined by my man, co-host Michael Franz out of Arizona. What's up, bro? What's going on, everybody? How was your weekend? It was good. It was good. Uh, a couple of interesting games going on. Uh, Baseball back- season is is back. We are we are extremely excited. No man, you are excited. I know that our lovely uh, moderator. What baseball? Yeah, it's not mm, happening. I like going to the games. <laughs> She does actually like going to those games Soccer versus and baseball versus football games and stuff. Yeah, I've done. Yeah, but the true fan can sit and watch nine innings of one game. If I'm not. a fan of nothing. I just like <laughs> I'm a fan of people watching. Like, we're like sitting courtside at some games and I'm just like, did you see that chick over there? What she just did? Oh, yeah. He's like, are you not watching the game? I'm like, but she's fighting with her boyfriend. Yeah, we'll be at, <laughs> we'll be at a basketball same uh, basketball game courtside and she's not playing. She's not watching one lick of basketball. She's people watching everybody else. Oh, look at that person spill a drink on themselves. (laughs) (laughs) My cousin used to do that and be like, yo, who does he look like? Who does she look like? We people watch and compare them to celebrities. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I do that to this day and with animals too. This is the funny, the funniest shit. (laughs) That's because you are an animal. All right, you guys. So we're going to just kick this thing off. Let's go ahead. Happy belated Easter to everybody as well. Yeah, happy Easter. Do people even celebrate Easter anymore? Oh, yeah. I mean, I know you go to church for Easter, right? No, 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 no. Everybody that I knew was having barbecues and stuff yesterday. Oh, you definitely hanging out with the black people. Mm. That's definitely hanging out with the black people. Or were they cooking hot dogs and hamburgers? Yeah, that's different. That's not a barbecue. That's not a barbecue. No, 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 no. It was food on a barbecue. (laughs) I'm not saying that it was like... (laughs) Like ribs? Yeah, I'm not saying like ribs. I'm not That's saying That's called a cookout. That's called a cookout. All right, cookout. Cookout is hamburgers and hot dogs. Barbecue is ribs, brisket. Yeah. I bet I guarantee court. you. I guarantee you that as hot as it was, you guys didn't even need to use lighter fluid or or fire out there. Nope. <laughs> Stop the burger on the ground. <laughs> oh, fire. You still can put it on the grill, and that shit is still cooking there. So. Yep. Vegas is getting that way. I mean, it's 90 degrees here today. Yeah. Speaking of hotness, mm-hmm. the Panthers. Ooh. That was not a segue. I was trying. Are you surprised <laughs> that the Jets <laughs> traded Sam Darnold to the Panthers? <laughs> Womp, Dante. So this is very interesting, my man. We were actually talking about this. So if people go back and look, uh, listen to our podcast, they're going to know that this is one of the teams that we were talking about that he may end up going to because we know that they need a quarterback. But what's most important about this whole situation is that we now know that the Jets are going to go out to Zach Wilson. Like we had, you had the actual inkling of it. I didn't think they should. Should have gotten rid of Sam Donald because I believe that he's going to be good. But I will tell you this. I think he fits in very well in um, Carolina. I think, you know, what the 
the Jets are getting back is going to help their team. Uh, we're all getting like a fourth round and a sixth round pick. So I, I believe that they gave up too early on them. This is the problem that I have when a good quarterback comes out in the NFL. Everybody wants to get that quarterback. And every few years, these same teams that keep living at the bottom continuously to live at the bottom. The Jets have continuously lived at the bottom ever since Rex Ryan has left their team. They have not had a good team after they let go of Rex and, and Rex stopped coaching there. We know the blunders and everything, but the most consistency that they even had, like they even have consistency when they had Joe Namath. I mean, yeah, they won a, a championship, but hence only one championship. Okay. He didn't win back to back to back. He wasn't, he's not ever in the GOAT uh, discussion, but he is Broadway Joe. Probably the best things ever happened to their franchise besides Curtis Martin, who went there and, and maybe Keyshawn Johnson, right? At the beginning in the 90s. But then we also have Mark Sanchez sliding into the back of one of his linemen. I got to say this. I'm shocked that they went ahead and did it. But like we said, we kind of discussed it. They're going to get Zach Wilson. I think it's going to be another mistake. I don't think he's big enough to be in the NFL. I actually saw how tall he was for them to have a not to have a line. It's not going to be a Russell Wilson situation. This is going to be a bad situation for him. If I was him, just because it's New York, yeah, you in the big market. But at the same time, I don't think it was a good move for the Jets. I think they should have taken a defensive player like Mr. Parsons. I'm going to have a little bit of fun with this one. The reason being is <laughs> up, uh, you said he was a good quarterback, right? Mm -hmm. Darnold, what college did he go to? I say he was a solid quarterback. No, and, you just said he was a good quarterback. Well, good and solid. I didn't say great, though, but he went to the USC. He, went, he was a Trojan. And how many quarterbacks have succeeded in the past? Let's talk. Let's take this stretch that they've had. Carson Palmer is the only one that actually showed any form of quarterback pocket presence, whatever you want to call it. I don't want to mm -hmm. say greatness because I don't think that even Carson Palmer was great, but he was the best of that whole bunch. You had Mark Sanchez. You had John David Booty. You had yeah, uh, Matt Leinhart. Matt Leinhart. No, Matt Leinhart was Matt Leinhart's career ended the night he got drafted by the Cardinals. <laughs> you also had, uh, the, so we had what? Mark Sanchez, Carson Palmer, John David Booty. Matt Liner, we've had a, just a, a bunch of college quarterbacks that have been highly touted coming into the NFL, and none of them succeeded. So guess where USC ranks as far as my quarterback list do I draft from? It's what? over there with Ohio State, and it's yeah. over there with a couple of those other schools, okay? <laughs> I knew from the very get-go, the day he was drafted, oh, the Jets just, they're going to get rid of him in the next few years and look where they're going. Mm -hmm. They're already giving up on him. Yeah, I think that this is more of a thing for Robert Sala than anything, because I don't think Sam Darnold fits into anything that Robert Sala wants. Yeah, that's true. This is. This so is do I do I think that it was bad for both teams? No, it got rid of a quarterback who I don't think is good at all from the Jets. It gave room for them to bring in uh, Zach Wilson or Justin Fields. And then the only problem that I have with it on the Carolina side is the fact that they just paid Teddy Bridgewater. 
They brought in Teddy Bridgewater from being a backup, even though he was a consistent backup and he went 5-0 and when Drew Brees got hurt, not this past season, but the season before. And really, Teddy Bridgewater made a contract off of that. And yeah. He, yeah. he got himself solidified. So he has a good contract, but you see at least more than one year of that through. I'm sorry, Carolina. I don't think this was a good move on your end. If anything, you should have went and possibly drafted a quarterback or looked at free agency next year, mm-hmm. not this year. Mm-hmm. Fill your roster spots, but know that Teddy Bridgewater, because you haven't had a full season of Teddy Bridgewater and Christian McCaffrey. No. Christian McCaffrey, not saying Teddy Bridgewater is as mobile as he once was, but he's still a decent, he can move around in the pocket a little bit. Yeah, right? I agree. Dan Darnold is not that guy. No. And Christian McCaffrey needs that person. I don't necessarily think that the Sam Donald Christian McCaffrey thing is going to work out too well. I think you're going to see Christian McCaffrey's production go down. I think it's going to be a bad situation in Carolina. But, hey, at least the Jets have got a paperweight off of their desk. I mean, but keep in mind, he still has to win a job down there. I mean, I don't think he's going to beat Teddy Bridge while they're out. I think he probably will be a good backup. You know, I don't think he's going to beat Bridge while they're out. And the thing- I won't disagree, but and I don't mean to cut you off, but to make that to make my point towards it is when does Carolina decide that if they start off two and zero or three or zero uh, and two or zero and three, do they go to Sam Darnold without letting Teddy Bridgewater go through those hurdles? Well, this is why I also think the reason why they made this type of move is because I think Matt Rule, the offense is going to look a little bit different if Christian is hurt. And Andrew, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say something about Christian McCaffrey, man. If this guy can't stay healthy, boy, would that be a bust in his career? I mean, as great as Christian McCaffrey is, this guy can't stay off the sidelines. I mean, you're not gonna ever be able to compare him with the greats, and while everybody is doing that, right? Some of the best skilled tailbacks like Roger Craig and Herschel Walker and 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 Barry Jack uh Barry Jackson, like Sanders, Barry Sanders, sorry. Um, Bo Jackson, Barry Sanders, right? You're not going to be able to put him in that category. I'm not even like, he's not even on the doorstep with Emmitt Smith. So completely, and Emmitt Smith was a different style of tailback, way different than what he is. Yeah, we can talk about those early years with the Cowboys, but those last few years in the 90s, Emmitt Smith still ran the ball uh, great. Can't really name an offensive lineman from those three Super Bowls that after that, besides Larry Allen, right? So Emmitt Smith was a solid tailback. What I'm saying is, is that if he doesn't stay healthy, it's something for a different day. But if he doesn't stay healthy, I think it changes the complexity of what Matt Rule is trying to do. And so maybe by bringing in Sam Darnold, he has more of a drop back quarterback, you know, to your point that he's not going to be able to move around that much because they have a pretty good offensive line. So maybe that's what he's doing. It changes the complexity of the offense if you have Sam Darnold that's not that mobile versus having Teddy Bridgewater who can run around, but you need a Christian McCaffrey if you're going to be running around. Hence Cam Newton. Yeah, Completely agreed. I, I personally think that Christian McCaffrey is going to have to switch his game up to being – one that catches passes out of the backfield more. He was 50-50. I mean, there was no joke that in one year he went a thousand and a thousand receiving yards and rushing yards. And that mm-hmm. was the year before last. And last year was the only year that he had experienced injuries 
And I feel that that might have been like to an extent of maybe them not wanting to necessarily burn him out. If he had a little bit of an ankle problem, keep him out an extra one or two games. Because I don't think they knew. I don't think they thought that they were going to really go anywhere last year. No, they wanted to be competitive. They wanted to be competitive. Yeah, right. But I don't. I'm hoping that that's what it was. Let's get Christian McCaffrey his reserve tank going. Let's take a a step back from what we did the previous year, which was just run the hell out of him. And he he had a great season. What was it? It wasn't only just a thousand yards receiving, but I think he had a hundred plus catches too. Yeah, yeah, he he did almost. He was missing everything that year. Right, Carolina. Yep. So, I mean, if he stayed on that, he would be burnt out in in, in a couple of years. So right. one of them is going to have to take a back seat. And if with Sam Darnold is in, I think that takes his explosiveness off the line away, but it also allows him to catch more. If he goes and we've got Teddy Bridgewater back there, well, then guess what? We're probably going to see him bust up the line a little more. Right. So, it, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how that affects Christian McCaffrey, but – I'm hoping I'm me right now. That's my favorite player in the NFL. So I want to see him do great. I want to see him come back healthy and I want to see him be able to have success. Right. How is your current state of emotion, Michael? Are you feeling like excited, happy? No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm assuming we're coming up on the next question though, right? <laughs> Are you sad that the Wildcats lost in the championship? Uh, no, I'm not. I think <laughs> the reason being is because I'm an ASU fan. So was it a great storyline? Awesome storyline. Don't get me wrong. Ari McDonald, she is going to be a star in the next level when she reaches yeah. that next level. Yeah. Like She took over the game against UConn. I sat and I watched that through and through, and I oh, was yeah. jaw on the ground. Like, these girls – can who came on this court and just killed the game. Like they did exactly what they needed to do. Yeah. And they went up against a juggernaut in Stanford in the next game. But it's almost like if you could take down UConn, you could take down anybody. But I think this reflects a little bit more on that type of a statement. Mm-hmm. Because I think that has got to the point with the way that Gino Ariyama has coached with the successes that they have, just beating UConn is a championship in itself. Yes. So I think U of A, instead of putting the the foot on the gas one more time and leaving it all on the court, I think they almost got a little bit satisfied, which Mm. goes against what happened at the beginning of the game. I don't know if you guys caught this, but there's a commercial um, that that ESPN had for the women's college basketball final four. They had all four teams except one. Guess which team was left out? U of A. U of A. (laughs) Yeah. U of A and they, and they saw it and they said, okay, cool. That's going to be the heat that we need. That's the fire that we need. Well, okay. You beat UConn. You proved to the doubters that you could do something like that, but then you lost to Stanford with Stanford. I think UConn could have beat Stanford if it went that way. Right. So I think U of A really could have beat Stanford, but it came down to it. It was a great game, et cetera. But it's almost like the highlight was the game before with UConn and U of A. But congratulations on a great season to the girls of U of A. Um, but, yeah, overall, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it. Yeah, just to touch on what you said, after they won that game, they had to, like, they won the championship when they beat UConn. I think it was more of a, a letdown. Or they didn't play at their full potential because, actually, Stanford, they played – Arizona played their game. They just didn't score more points. Arizona did what they've been doing this whole entire tournament, and that's keeping teams from scoring. Stanford just outlasted them 
a little bit more. And that crazy shot that, you know, McDonald threw up right at the end of the game. Like I could, I felt like she could, she had time to get a better shot. She kind of rushed it. And, you know, being in the court at those times and at that time, you got to make decisions. I feel like they could have won, but I definitely felt like this was UConn's chance to win the whole thing. And I feel like, like you said, Arizona felt like they played the championship game against UConn and won it. And if they probably would have been a little bit more focused going into the Stanford game, they could have beat them because it was their tempo and their their whole game, the whole entire game. Duante, which team were you more impressed with? on opening day i know you like baseball so i'll let you go first well i'm gonna be honest man i was i was impressed by the padres i've been so far impressed by the padres i will tell you who i'm disappointed with which is the reason why i'm wearing this hat right now they don't ever start all strong they're starting off bad but they have a nice stadium they have a beautiful stadium the braves i'm disappointed but other than that also the philadelphia phillies Oh, my gosh. I mean, this is kind of the team that we expected two years ago when they first signed Bryce Harper to that huge deal. I'm looking at both of those teams. The reason why I'm more surprised by uh, Padres is because how young they are. But like we pointed out, you know, on a couple of podcasts, maybe a podcast ago, these guys in San Diego, they're loaded. They're, they're going to be a good team. And the Dodgers, you know, you kind of expect the Dodgers to be where they are right now because – they didn't lose anybody, right? Mm-hmm. So at the same time, well, they lost a couple people. Well, I'm talking about any somebody of significance, right? They they signed their guys, like they kept yeah, their. Been, they signed most all of them, yes. They got their main core and yeah. and, and um, tap. For me, I feel like it's San Diego. Three and one start. It's still early. You still got a lot of games to go. I'm happy about the way the Padres and the Phillies have started, but I'm very disappointed and how the Braves and the Bull Sox have started. Well, it's funny that you say that because my impressed, the team that impressed me the most mm-hmm. also went against the team that impressed me the least. Oh. Okay? It's the same series, and you just mentioned it, the Boston Red Sox. My, my team that impressed me the most was Baltimore. Yeah. Baltimore was at the bottom of MLB. <laughs> yeah. To the point to where their superstar was considered one of the worst players in baseball over the past two seasons, and Chris Davis. Yeah, Chris. Yeah. Right. And they're three and zero. Yeah. They're three and zero, and they beat Boston on opening day. It was the first time that the Red Sox had lost with a shutout since like yeah. 1975. Yeah, 1948, right? actually, I believe. 1948. So in that case, like, look, you're you're seeing things in this one series, but not only that, it's a series that starting off like this was fairly big for them because they're going against a juggernaut within their own division. So not only did you shut the Red Sox out, you took three games from them, but also that's division. That's a division lead itself. So then on the Boston Red Sox side, you've got this team where it's like, Oh my gosh, we just lost. I know they're in the clubhouse talking about, we just lost to Baltimore. (laughs) How do you like, how do you come in as Chris sale and you look over at Mike Krzyzewski and it's like, we just lost to Baltimore, like, okay, cool. Right, right. <laughs> but if that doesn't scream, keep an eye on the roster yeah. to make correct moves early in the season, you don't want this to get out of hand. Right. You know, because we're sitting here with Toronto at 2-1, and one, Tampa Bay at 2-1. and one. The Yankees are 1-2. We know that's not going to end out that way. 
Nope. They're at the lowly, the bottom of the AL East with Baltimore at the top. But I did see a couple things that kind of flashed at me. I did like how my Tigers won on opening day, but I think that that was just a flash in the pan. <laughs> What's his name? Akil Badu is going to be, he could be good. He could really be good in this, yeah. in this league. Yeah. Miguel Cabrera showed us a nice home run on opening day, but they're losing to Minnesota right now, 15 to one. Yeah. Now the crew so, hit a grand slam in that game. Yeah. We'll <laughs> see what happens. That's, I mean, I stick with American league right now, just with those, with that, that question, but there's a lot of impressiveness. I still want to see San Diego do a little bit better. They should have never let Arizona come back in the second game. When they were up six to nothing, I they only won that. that game eight to seven. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, but they do have the team I'm looking forward to this whole season because of that lineup. We were talking about Will Myers, Fernando Tatis, Manny Machado, right? That's going to be a lineup that I want to watch all year. Eric Mosley, it's gonna it's gonna be a great. It's gonna man that 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 team is gonna be fun to watch, and I'm glad I'm close because I'm gonna go see a San Diego Padre game. Yeah. So overall, you guys are looking forward to the MLB season. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So do you guys agree or disagree with them moving the All-Star game? I mean, I'm okay with it. Only because, I mean, I can see based on the voting laws and everything that really, I mean, admittedly, I've just brushed up on a lot of the details. I think that there's a lot of changes that need to come. This whole woke stuff, whatever, like, yo, let's just be right with each other. It's funny because the voting laws that just went into place, I find this really, really ironic. And I might get a little political within this, but the voting regulations that just changed are the same exact ones that got Biden into office. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Same exact ones. Like, why the flip now? That's the question that I have. And why when I say when I become political is because I question upper upper management's moves. How about that? Mm-hmm. So when our when I refer to our upper management, it's our government. And our government, I know the state made some changes, et cetera, but I don't think you should be able to take votes away from minorities, right? And right. the identification part of it is going to be the hardest point that is going to force the minority vote to actually become even more valuable because there's Mm -hmm. not going to be that many there. Right. right? Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I'm kind of, uh, like I said, I don't think that they should have changed it. I think there should be, I think they need to make voting actually meaningful anyway. Right. We could get into that in a whole different episode, different topic, whatever, but just giving the people like the ability to vote, that means a lot to some people and Mm -hmm. you're taking that away now. So kudos to baseball for, for, you know, standing up in that sense. I'm all with it. I think that they should have, you know, you got to use your platform for something. And if baseball removes something from the city of Atlanta, that's going to bring in a lot of revenue. So be it. Me being black, I already know this. And, and like I said, I, I can talk about this stuff all day long, Jim Crow laws and all that stuff. Well, I mean, it started because of the whole Stacey Abrams situation. That was just for governor. And then Trump, when he closed the polls, he was actually winning, right? When they say, hey, close the polls, close the polls. Then they reopened them for voter fraud, whatever the case may be. Then found he still lost because more stuff came in. And like you said, you can dedicate this stuff uh, to another podcast, whatever. But I will say this is that 
the upper management, the elites, right? The 1% of the 1%, right? They are the ones who make all decisions anyway. I don't know about with anybody else, maybe with the women, but there are a whole bunch of evidence of when, when black people were first able to vote, they threw away a lot of those votes just to make them feel good, right? So right now we have a popular vote versus the electoral college. Do I agree or disagree? I'm going to, I'm not actually as crazy. I'm going to disagree with what they did. And the reason why is, is because I don't feel like there was some people because of upper management and the government that did what they did. But now you're going to make the kids and some of the biggest fans of baseball suffer because of what happened. I get, okay, yeah, that's, you got to, hey, we got to hone this in. You got to do the right thing. I think it's hurting the fan more so than hurting the city of Atlanta. And I guess those two go hand in hand, right? I lived in Atlanta for five years. I do know this, not hurting that bad if they don't get an all-star game. Everything happens in Atlanta. This would have been huge and would have helped them out more because they are gentrifying all over. It's not a place that's a poor town or a poor city. Is actually becoming a ritzy town and city. And I think this was Manfred going, hey, you know what? We're going to teach you guys a, a lesson. I'm not going to be in your city, but I think it hurts the fans. I think it hurts the fans more so than saying, okay, you can't have this because of what happened. The people like me and people like you that love baseball and think about the little eight-year-old kid who was planning to go to an all-star game, right? or planning to go to watch some of his favorite players at an all-star game. Now he's not going to be able to have that opportunity, maybe next year, but I don't feel like Manfred should have said, you know what, because of this is you got, you, you got to go to legislation for this, right? You got to go to legislation for this. And that's the problem. You got to go there. You can't, you can't penalize in my opinion, a whole city just because of something that legislated legislatures and and the top government officials did it had nothing to do with them. I just feel like, in my opinion, I disagree that they they should they shouldn't have done that. Well, but to the point, it's not about baseball doing it. It's about the people actually getting mad to get the the state to make their changes back to what it used to be. Right. It's not hey, we're doing this because of this. No, baseball is willing to hurt those fans to make that change, which I think is uh, that's how you use that platform, right? I get it. Now, I was one of those kids back in 1994 when we had the strike. Mm-hmm. That strike was bad. It went into the next season. Yeah. And I've been in that position where it's like, yo, not only that, but we had probably one of the most honest home run matches between two players that had Frank Thomas and Ken Griffey Jr. that year. Yeah. Matt Williams came up at the very end, right? right before right. The, the season got cut halfway through, right? right? But we had a neck and neck race with no steroids involved, nope. right? And there's a lot that hurt those players. I think for me, their, their careers. I think those were highlights and careers that those players needed. Ken Griffey Jr. needed to be that home run king. Frank Thomas needed to be up there, right? And we saw how their, 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 their careers tailed off, you know, after that, it was a whole different perspective from my, from my seat, but I missed out on all that. And that was because one side didn't want to give more money to the other side. So we're talking about money in that sense. 
we're literally talking about people's rights in this sense. So if you could take it away from me for a year, year and a half completely, you can take one game away from the people that are in Atlanta. At least it didn't stop for that, right? Right. But at least it's it, it could, at the very least, create that uproar from the fans to say, hey, we know we're the result. We're the ones that are losing. Georgia, change your rules back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Is the voice going to be loud enough is the big question. Some people may not care. Right. They, they may not. Sticking with uh, choosing sides, would you draft Zach Wilson or Justin Fields? Ooh, man, we, we've been talking about this, it seemed like, for a few episodes. <laughs> I'm going to go with Justin Fields. I mean... Justin Fields. <laughs> I'm going to go with Justin Fields. Um, this is my problem with Zach Wilson. This is the problem that I have. And I made this, made this uh, comment a few podcasts before. Carson Wentz played for North Dakota State, just like Trey Lance. The only quarterback that's come from a small school that's done well that I know of is Ben Roethlisberger. Now, he went to Miami of Ohio, and he's had a great career, okay? This is my problem. BYU played, you know, he said, we'll play anybody. And they got beat by uh, Florida Gulf Coast or something like that. They got beat by a team that they shouldn't have gotten beat by, you know, saying that they would play any top Division One school. My thing is competition. Justin Fields has thrown 70 touchdown passes in two years, thrown for 70% of his passes. Sorry. He's thrown for multiple touchdown passes. He's only had six, nine interceptions in two years. Okay. We know this. Justin Fields is stronger. He's bigger. He's faster from what they have said. Everybody keeps talking about arm talent and this guy's throwing the ball like Matthew Stafford and, and all these other guys. But at the same time, Justin Fields is also throwing nice passes down the field, 15 plus yards. It's 15 plus yards. This guy throws over 60%. That's kind of unheard of right now in today's game. So if it's me, like I said, I think I said this before, I think he's going to be a steal in the draft if he goes to the right team. You know, if I'm Justin Fields, I look at it like basketball, right? I I know some of these kids want to go pro and some of these kids want to end up in the NBA. But sometimes ending up on the right team is what you need to be on. Think about it like this. If Kobe Bryant, what if they wouldn't have traded him in Charlotte, right? And he's in Charlotte. Would he still be Kobe Bryant? I think he probably would have. Maybe that would have changed the trajectory of Charlotte, right? But at the same time, I don't think he could have grown in that system. You had Nick Van Exel. You had Eddie Jones to lead on. You had Shaquille O'Neal. You had a team already in place. The thing that worries me with these quarterbacks that come in, like Zach Wilson, if I'm Zach Wilson or Trevor Lawrence, I'm I'm saying you need to have a Joe Flacco playing these first couple of years for me while I'm sitting here learning. Now, maybe he's not the best quarterback to learn from, but he is a Super Bowl quarterback, right? So I'm I'm saying to myself, you know what? You got to bring in a, a veteran in here. I don't care if it's Colin Kaepernick. I need to sit, learn the speed of the game, see how it goes. We saw how it happened for Aaron Rodgers. He spent three years on the bench after Brett Favre, not on purpose. Brett Favre just kept retiring and not retiring. But my point is, is watch how good Jordan Love is going to be. 
Look at what happened to Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes sat behind Alex Smith. Kansas City was competitive, but they weren't great. He sat behind Alex Smith. He, and Andy Reid said he's ready. If I'm Justin Fields and these guys, I'm kind of praying that I go to the, the Patriots. And you have a Cam Newton and those guys, a, a Jason Stidham to be in front of. I don't think he's going to fall that far. But my point is, is that sometimes if you end up down, further down, you go to a better team. If I'm Justin Fields, I'm like, look, go ahead and let these guys go. Because if I'm Justin Fields, yeah, the money is more guaranteed at the top, but you're going to have a longer career, I feel like, if you get into the right system. I'm taking Justin Fields over uh, Zach Wilson anyway. Now, when you look at quarterback production, Mm -hmm. BYU does have historically decent quarterbacks. They had Steve Young. But that was, what, 30 years ago? Long time ago. They also had Ty Detmer. Yeah, they also had Ty Detmer. <laughs> and, I'm, and, and a lot of things have changed since then. The game has evolved, et cetera. I think that it speaks that he's he was decent in that system regardless, but I'm still taking Justin Fields over because not only of the arm, but also because of the legs. Right, right. Right. He's played, and, and this is hard for me to even say this, because Ohio State is on – that list of quarterbacks that I don't draft from, you know, from certain schools. Right. I just think that, that Justin Fields can break that mold. I'll go back to it after Justin Fields because Justin Fields was a transfer, right? So he's not a Ohio state grown quarterback. And I think that can separate him from everybody else. Yeah. But he's got, he's also got the XP too, the experience. BYU wasn't in the championship game. Be, uh, Zach Wilson didn't have to play with busted ribs, right? Right. And Justin Fields was extremely competitive in that game against Alabama. Yeah. So he's got the XP. He's got the feet. He's got the arm. He's got the heart. And I think that you can't – I don't think you pass that up, especially if you're in New York. Now, New York may find a way that they're going to screw that up. But, I mean, whatever. If that's what they do, that's what they do. You know, so they're right behind – Jacksonville, so they have their pick of the litter. And be careful because if you don't take him at number two, you know, he's he could go right to, to San Francisco right afterwards. With them having a defensive minded coach, I'm taking Parsons if I'm him. But we'll see. I think that's a great I think that's a great pick for them. Yeah. But when you just get rid of Sam Darnold and you're that whole that that whole what if you what if you what if you bring in a, a, a veteran quarterback? I mean, they're gonna be pick of the litter this offseason. So I wouldn't necessarily say, hey, I need a rookie to grow with, you know. I mean, that's the mindset I think people need to get out of. I think that there are a bunch of backup quarterbacks or solid quarterbacks for a defensive minded coach that can just be game uh manager, just like Trent. Trent Dilfer was for the for the Tampa Bay, I mean for the uh, Baltimore Ravens back in two thousand, you know, two. You and I both. In fact, I listed off a couple of free agents that some of these teams could go with: Jacoby Brissett, Tyrod mm-hmm. Taylor. Right? Mm-hmm. There are pe- there are people that are out there. You don't have to go quarterback right now. Nope. But let's also talk about how non intelligent these GMs are. I think you and I can sit in the in, and I'll say this. I don't care who hears this. We could sit in the Jets GM office right now, Mm -hmm. put our two heads together, and we could take the Jets to the playoffs before their team, before their GM group will ever do that. Probably. (laughs) 
because we're thinking from the outside and there we're not as close to the project as they are. Sometimes right. you need people that are a distance away to make, you yeah. know, good decisions or good ideas. And if you're too close to it, you're going to screw it up because there's something that you're overlooking. It's just a fact, right? Yeah. They want to sell tickets. They want to get the names out there. It's not about bringing in a big name no. as far as, you know, quarterback goes for rookie because when it comes to the NFL, what do they say? The dream is not over. The work is just getting started. Right. So guess what? You don't know whether this person's actually good or not. Right. Justin Fields may be the worst quarterback that we ever see in the history of the NFL. Right. But you know what? I'm putting my eggs in my basket with him over Zach Wilson. Yeah. Zach Wilson is good. I'll take Zach ahead of Trey, but I'm still with Justin Fields overall. I think Justin Fields is my number one quarterback, even over Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. But we've had that conversation on other episodes already. But if they feel they need one, go get one. But if you can still sustain and bring, you need a lot of help in New York. Defense is it. Yes. So Micah Parsons, yes, the best player for them to draft. But will they go quarterback? I would assume so. Yeah. In that case, I'm taking Fields over uh, Wilson. You all are very passionate <laughs> about that topic. <laughs> what was your first thought after seeing Jalen Suggs buzzer beater? Holy shit. <laughs> but it was amazing i mean that has to go down as one of the best games in general yes. let alone in final four history yes. the tournament history i mean you take an 11 against the number one and it came down to not only overtime but the last shot in overtime yes and it wasn't like it was a clear-cut shot. He had to shoot it over two people. Yeah. Right? And it was On half court. Almost. Yeah, damn near from half court. So it's like, was that an absolute bomb of a shot? Absolutely. Like, I'm still sitting here like, that was a great shot. Yeah. yeah. Right? Was it a prayer? Absolutely. But I don't care. The prayer was answered. They move on. If they're going to go against the team that I picked as far as going with the championship, it's Gonzaga and Baylor. I'm glad for Jalen that it happened that way coming in as being probably the most touted freshman in college basketball this year, mm -hmm. right? He was, what was it? AP's high school player of the year last year. Mr. Everything. Mr. Everything right? in Minnesota. Yep. But I feel like he's kind of lived in the shadow of Drew Timmy. Drew Timmy has been great this year. Mm -hmm. And it's that pair as far as, Oh, well, there's our backcourt. It's that pair that has been killing it this year, right? Jalen hasn't had the thing that says, I'm going, I'm taking my game to the next level above Drew Timmy. This was it. This was the shot. It got them in, it got them the win. And there's nothing else that you could look at a, a freshman, possibly freshman of the year player and say, hey, you came in and did exactly what we wanted. Yeah. You know, so I think it was a it was kind of a storybook for for Jalen, and I think that the storybook ends. Was it tonight? The game's on tonight, right? Tonight, yeah. Yeah, I think it ends tonight. I'm gonna have to disagree with you about the prayer thing because he actually practices that shot, and they showed him in the gym practicing that shot. Uh, you gotta realize in today's game, Mr. Friends, that people are Steph Currying it all over the court now. And they're practicing shots and uh, not to mention my boy, Dame time. They are practicing shots right from even me. I have a basketball court here 
And you can ask my wife, I'm shooting the ball from half court and I haven't played basketball in a long time. So that that influence is there. And the way he shot the ball, he didn't throw it up. He actually shot it. If you go back and look at the tape, it was a shot. It was not a launch. Was I shocked that it went in? Hell yeah. But was I surprised that took the shot and he made it? No, because like I said, they showed him making those shots at halftime. Now, the the thing that I feel like is going to happen tonight is we talked about, I feel like Baylor will beat them. I feel like Baylor, you know, and what's crazy is I did two brackets and then one bracket I chose Gonzaga and one bracket I chose Baylor. So for me, in both games, in both brackets, though, I had those two facing each other. I think going into, you know, that game, I was, like I said, I was surprised that I was surprised that it went to overtime like it did, to be honest. But we talked about this on uh, on the last episode when I told you UCLA slows the game down. They like to play defense, which is exactly what they did, you know. And, and this is the problem when that happens. When you get a good defensive team and they start slowing the game down for you, right, you start exposing who you really are, right? Can you really play in a half-court set? And you talked about Jalen you know, and Drew, right? Which is going to kind of allude to the next question, right? But Jalen, for example, I saw this in this game. I saw that he wasn't that great of a player in the half-court system. He's a great floor general when it comes to pushing the ball. We saw him block a shot, then make a Magic Johnson pass to Drew Timmy that was running the lane, right? So at the same time, I feel like that's more so of his game. I do feel like he can lead the team, but I think that when these these guards these days, right, they got when they get into the half court, they got to start working on their on their on their eighteen footers. They got to start working on their mid range game, like Kobe did, right? Because Kobe was actually one of those guys who said, "Hey, I'm gonna make my money inside the three point line, right?" And if Ray John Rondo is another one, Ray John Rondo can do both. He can push the ball up the up the court and make a good play, but he's also an excellent half-court point guard. And that's why I see Jalen Suggs struggling when he gets to the next level. But he's going to learn fast. I think he's a great player, just like you said, Mr. Everything in Minnesota. He could have played football. He was good. He was good at everything. I got a question for you, though. Mm-hmm. As a trader... What's the difference? What's the emotional difference between demo and life? Well, I don't get emotional, just so you know. I know, but 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 but, but, but the psycho- okay, you using somebody that's not me, okay? Because my mm-hmm. psychology, like it's, my, it is on another level, yeah. Yeah, like my wife, I I don't. He, I, he like he'll put a trade in and not look at it for three days. I me meanwhile, I keep looking back at it, so he's on another level. I'm just. And I never read trading in the zone either. So, I mean, I'm just, I, I, I guess that's because that just talks about who I am. I was a baseball player. You got to be, patient. you got to be patient at the plate. So yeah. I'm, I'm patient with everything I do. I'm patient. I was yeah, patient, too patient with my wife. Sometimes I'm too patient. You we know buy I mean? stuff from Ikea. And if I don't do it, it will sit there for weeks. That's how patient <laughs> I'm like, let's put it up. No, like, no let's not. So yeah, somebody other than yourself, what is the emotional difference between demo and live trading? Um, the emotional difference? 
I guess is is the fear of losing money. Right. You know? But and, you can agree that there is an absolute difference between demo and live trading when it comes to emotions. For for other people, yes. Yes, for other people. <laughs> yes. All right. So let's go back to your point about Jalen and making that shot. He practices it. I don't care how many times you practice it. You can't factor in the fact that there's two people on him at the same time at that time in that game, what the what was on the line for that game in practice? You can't all, it, all it is is going to double overtime if he misses. That was not what was on the line. I'm well double overtime for the possibility of losing still. Yeah, but I don't You're in the game and you win, or you give it a 50-50 chance, depending on what happens in, in the second overtime. Yeah, you can't account for that in practice. But but the thing about it is, is you see Steph Curry make that shot. You see Dame Damian Lillard hit that shot. All and what happened in 2016 to Steph Curry with making all those shots? I mean, it wasn't Steph Curry that lost them that game. Steph Curry missed a jumper over Kevin Love. Yeah, but that's it would have won them that game. Yeah, but that's not. So, but how many times you're gonna give Steph Curry that shot? But this is well, I no, I get that. I get that. No, no, no. How many times you gonna give him that shot? I'm gonna let him shoot that every single time. That's that second shot. It okay, let's rewind it. He gets a do-over. He hits that shot. I guarantee you he hits that shot. We're you talking know, about something that's we're, not even we're, here we're, or there because it only happened once. Right. right. But my this point. Is my point. This is my point. It's still with all the factors involved, that shot was still a prayer. It so, was a great, it was it was a more calculated prayer. It was a more prepared prayer. It's not prayers, like prayers to me are are balls that when you catch it, you heave it up. He took a jump shot. Oh yeah, he did. He did. That, that's not a prayer. That's shooting the ball. No, I, I'm saying the what I call a prayer is something that. And it, on top of that, the man game. called game. <laughs> He also he called game, but he would have said the same thing if he missed it. Yeah, but, but he, he didn't miss it though. So come, oh come on, let's, let's not he, he didn't miss it though. Let, let's not let's not do this. Let's We're not do agree this. to disagree if, on in that. that situation. In that situation, is he making it more often than he's missing it? Do you think? We don't know. All I know is that he makes it in practice. Do you think? I think that he makes it. I don't. See, I think that it's I'm, the, I'm the guy who sees the glass half full. I see it half full, <laughs> but given that situation, I don't think he makes it more often than he misses. We'll never know. You're talking we about won't. what you just said. <laughs> we won't, nor there. And, we and in a week or two, we're not going to be able to even know. Now, the question, the question for that though would be: Would I take? Would I be willing to take that chance? That's different. Absolutely. I'd be willing to take that chance with the ball in his hands to shoot that every time. Would I be mad if he missed? No. But that shot was a beautiful, it was, it was great. It was a great shot. Don't get me wrong. It was a great shot and it was not a prayer. And I don't want to take anything away from it, (laughs) but I also want to, I also want people to understand that that's not an everyday shot. No, it's not an everyday shot. I mean, no one catches the ball with a few seconds left, Michael. And shoots the ball. We know that. We this know that, point. Michael. We, but what we do know is that when you take a come and do a stop and pop and shoot the ball in regular motion and drain it, that was not a prayer. 
And what is a prayer for me? A prayer would be other than like what we say at night. A prayer would be a launch from get the ball in and catch it and then just throw it up like that. Oh, like it went in and it yes. was like a one time one time prayer. That's that's mm. me. <laughs> See, look, I think he's like game going, going, going. going. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, we don't know. With that being said, <laughs> will Jalen Suggs be the most important player for Gonzaga? I'll answer it. I mean, I think I don't think he's the most important player. Okay. I think that's a whole team game. Drew Timmy is just as equal, if not more important than Jalen Suggs. But Jalen has the opportunity of having that torch passed to him. He's got that XP under his belt. Mm -hmm. He's got that emotion under his belt. He's going to be better the next time on the court because he's going to be able to make adjustments. He's an intelligent player like that. Yeah. So it's not about, is he the most important player on the court tonight? Because that's going to be probably Drew Timmy or a combination of a couple players, especially with Baylor's defense. So I think that it's going to be really interesting tonight. I still have, I didn't say it because we were going to do it on this, this question, but mm-hmm. I have Gonzaga winning. So I think Gonzaga wins. I don't think it's going to be, I said they were going to beat UCLA by 20 to 25 and they only won by three. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm not giving 20 to 25 against Baylor, but I will give a decent lead. I'll say around 10 points. I think that Gonzaga wins. I think that they take it home. It's going to be an undefeated year for them. But I think it's the most important for Jalen Suggs next year, should he stay. I'd be interested to see what he had. We'll see what happens when it comes draft time. But I think that he he could have an outrageous NBA career if mm-hmm. he decides that he wants to get some more XP under his belt and be that player next year. Jalen is going pro probably gonna be the number one pick in the draft just to be honest i mean the dude have all the intangibles he has the ed factor i think he could be the number one pick he showed that he can take i mean he made it like i said great defensive play in that game that and then made an awesome pass to drew timmy who i feel is probably the most important player in this game this is what i was hoping you were going to say in our last thing if drew timmy Fouls out. If this game goes into double overtime and Drew Timmy fouls out of that game, you're looking at a UCLA versus Baylor basketball game. No ifs, ands, and buts about it. Jalen Suggs doesn't get the opportunity to shoot that shot at all. What happens is <clears throat> Drew Timmy took over in that overtime game. He scored the, the first six points in that overtime game. Drew Timmy is very important because they don't have anybody, in my opinion, Baylor does, to guard Drew Timmy, okay? Drew Timmy can – Drew Timmy, the way this guy's footwork is, the way he moves around the basket reminds me of the uh, – oh, big fundamentals. He called them big yeah, fundamentals. Yeah, yeah. I feel like Drew Timmy is good. I mean, he is showing everybody what he's doing. It's going to be important for him to keep – don't get fouled out in this game because I feel like he's going to make the difference in this game for Baylor. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one, but I think it's going to be a really good game tonight. So more to come on, you know, the NBA draft. I think that's going to be very interesting, especially after it plays out. Mm-hmm. As me personally, yeah, I think Jalen could end up going to the, the draft, but the consensus number one right now, I was just looking at it, is Cade Cunningham. So he had a great tournament with Oklahoma State up until they lost. So it's going to be interesting yeah. when it comes down to the NBA draft combine. Should they have it? Or are they going to do like the NFL? 
No I, think, I think Kate Cunningham, uh, I think he's just athletic. I don't think he's – he did get the, the player of the year award and stuff like that. If I'm an NBA team, I don't know who it's going to be, but I'm looking at Jalen Suggs. Best guard. Best guard in, in college right now. Fun facts. Tim Duncan was also known as Groundhog Day. <laughs> Old Man Riverwalk. The Stone Buddha. Timmy. And the Timmy. big and big Timmy. Timmy. <laughs> Just a little side note for you guys. Should Aaron Rodgers retire from football to be the full-time host of Jeopardy? What? <laughs> Is that a question? Okay, Dante, you go first. So my man. I gotta pull his that bad up. man. Is going to be hoping uh, is going to be hosting the next 10 episodes of Jeopardy. This is what I think is happening. I think that Aaron Rodgers is planning for life after football. He's Mm -hmm. dated actresses. He has a lot of friends that are actresses and actors. So he definitely can pull it up. I think I don't think he should retire. I think he should do both, honestly, in his free time, just preparing for you've seen a lot of people. Most people don't realize this. Tony Romo was preparing for life after football as well while he was the last season when he was hurt he was on he was on shows and and stuff like that so jason uh wooden uh he was also doing you see a lot of people doing it robert clark espn even though he played in washington his last year or whatever he still was working for espn so i mean he actually signed with washington so that he could work for ESPN. So I feel like Aaron Rodgers could do both if his schedule allows him to do that. So I don't think he should retire and do it. I think he should find a way to do both. I just, I kind of feel like he wants to know what it's like to work just as much as Tom Brady, if that's the case. <laughs> um, I don't know. Um, I think, I don't, th- I don't think he should consider it yet. I think he should stick to his day job on the football field because throwing those Hail Marys is a lot more beautiful than him telling a contestant that you've lost. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> me personally, I'd rather see him on the NFL on a football field than, than in a suit on Jeopardy, but that's just me. Um, now, if it comes afterwards, fine. Everybody's got somewhere that they're going to end up. Like you said, Tony Romo groomed himself to be in the booth. I think Aaron Rodgers would be great in the booth to hear yeah. that type of commentary. So if I want to hear commentary, it's not on a game show. I want to hear it on, on during the game as a right. commentator. Right. Um, also, it would be interesting for me because a lot of people feel that Aaron Rodgers is not necessarily the most liked person. He's had some run-ins that have made his image look pretty bad. Um, to the public. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you ever saw the video that there was a breast cancer survivor standing at the end of a uh, she was waiting for the team to come off the plane and she was standing at the gate and she's asking Aaron Rodgers, can I get an autograph? Can I get an autograph? And he just completely ignored her and walked right by. Yet You cannot miss this woman in breast cancer gear. Like I'm talking like if you see the video it was fairly sad, but from my understanding, after reading up on it, is the fact that this lady had been caught doing scams in the past, this, that, and the other. But I could tell you, just from the plain sight and view, that's not good if someone doesn't go and do that extra step of research to say, is this really true, right? Mm-hmm. If you look at it as, as for what it is, 
he's not a people person. Clay Matthews came up and was like, look, I know he didn't sign one for you, but I got you. So he saved the day for this fan, whatever she was. And it was, it, it, she ended up getting some form of, of signature, some form of autograph, and it was from Clay Matthews instead. Cool. But let me tell you, until I did that research, my, my view on Aaron Rodgers, like his persona, no, nah, it wasn't really the business. I was actually highly disappointed. But it is what it is. I'd be interested to see him on Jeopardy and see how well he does, even in that light. Mr. Friends, what the hell are you talking about? Him not signing an autograph. You don't know what the hell was going on in his head when he said, hey, give me an autograph, give me an autograph, give me an autograph. Mm-hmm. He has a whole bunch of people asking for autograph. What about the little kid that he walked past? Go he- watch the video. No, go, but- go watch the that- video. You, you would be annoyed too. If people no, hold on. Her. This is my point. I have been turned down for autographs. You've been turned down by autographs, right? You just tried to make this thing a whole side tale, and then turns out the woman was scam, scamming people. That's what. I'm so guess what? Maybe the the forces of the world, maybe they didn't want her to have a damn autograph because she didn't deserve a damn autograph. And you're probably <laughs> right, and I get that. But when she's the only person standing there, and she's the one asking for an autograph, and he walks right by her without even acknowledging that she's a fan. And like I said, Packer gear, breast cancer gear, whatever it is, watch the video. And if you take it for what the video was, it was pretty messed up. This is how I feel about that. Hey, you know what? <laughs> hold on. Let me, hold on. Let, let, we should invite my mother on this show. And maybe you can maybe you could deny her of a uh, of an autograph if you want and see how she feels because she's a breast cancer survivor too. This is my point. Aaron Rodgers didn't know that she was a breast cancer survivor. For all he knows, the damn woman was just a supporter of breast cancer survivor. It's not like she walked up and said, hey, Mr. Rogers, I just survived breast cancer. Can you sign an autograph? But he didn't even acknowledge her as a fan. Maybe he was having a so bad she day. Didn't, she didn't have breast cancer? No, I, I don't know what the She's a lady that scams scams were. people, according to me. I don't know what the scams were, but when I read up probably on scram it, it. People do that to companies all the time. Hey, I'm I'm recovering from cancer. Can you send me some product? Yeah. Like me working with brands, I see that all the time. And that's, like, that's okay. very possible. It is very possible. But like I said, reading more into it, yeah, it makes a lot of sense if 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 he didn't, I get it. But when you take it just from but the this fan is- basic fan level. This is what I will tell you, all right? I never played NFL football, but I did play in college. I did play professional baseball. Sometimes you're tired as hell, and you I don't did. feel like talk. LeBron James has, has walked past some people in L.A. because he's so damn tired, okay? And ain't nobody talking he about he's an asshole. Tired. He gets a lot of sleep. Yeah, he gets a lot of sleep, <laughs> but he goes hard in the paint. But nobody's talking about how bad his image is. I know that Aaron Rodgers is not quite a people person but his persona has turned around over the last few years so let's just see how this plays out and you guys both failed at answering that by the way oh we did it what what's the right way to answer the question no i said that i feel like this is a jeopardy question what's the answer oh sorry i don't even watch jeopardy what is no no, he shouldn't. What, what is, is what hell is no. what is he should do both? <laughs> <laughs> All right, which team wins tonight, Baylor or Gonzaga? I've got Gonzaga by ten. Ooh, nice. 
Yep. And that's all for I'm gonna I'm look, I'm I'm gonna go with so this is my thing. My mind is telling me because I want him to win the championship. What is your body telling you? My body is telling me <laughs> your mind Baylor. My you. heart, my heart is telling me Baylor. Even and like I said, I picked both of them to win in different brackets. So either way, it doesn't matter who wins this game tonight. I, I'm sure it's gonna be a really good game. I hope it's a really good game. I did tell you that that Baylor was going to blow out Houston because that was just uh, Houston shouldn't have won the game before. Anyway, Baylor still hasn't found this shooting. They haven't found their footing. They're not shooting the ball. Well, it's a little late to find that. Don't you? I know, right? It's a, they got to get it together tonight because if they don't get it together. They're going to get blown out by yeah. the Gonzaga uh, Bulldog. I don't know. I, I'm just going to enjoy the game. My mind is telling me, you know, that I want um him to win i want he needs to win a championship you know this is he's been at this point he hasn't i don't know if he's ever gotten to a championship game but he's who lost he? in the semifinal, right who's he uh gonzaga coach let's look it up he found it <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you went and found that, Amanda. That's awesome. Uh, oh, Mark. I knew I was right. I didn't want to mess his name. Mark Few. If Mar Mark Few has gotten to the semifinals a few times, he needs to win it. I think that his career, this will put that stamp of approval. He may even go to the NBA after this. What's funny is that this college basketball talk, and we never talked about Roy Williams retiring. Oh, no. Roy Williams is going to be in my final take, but thanks for ruining that, sir. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. But, <laughs> I feel like Mark Few, this is his opportunity to win, but my heart is telling me Baylor is going to pull it off. I don't know why. Uh, maybe because they are that good all the way around. I just saw some holes in their game. Uh, UCLA, look, they have one or two players that play well. Baylor has five or six players that play well. So if Gonzaga doesn't play to their full potential um, and they lose this game, if Baylor doesn't make they sh their shots, they lose this game. So I think it's going to be a good game. And I'm glad this is the, for the first time ever. I'm glad that we actually have a team, right? Nobody. Yeah. Everybody knew who Jalen Suggs was and, and, and drew Timmy. Everybody knew who they were. But they weren't household names or anything like that. Kentucky and Duke have those guys right now that aren't playing or and did not make it to the tournament, right? Man, this is taking it back to the, the early uh, 90s and late age. Like, we didn't even know. We knew Duke was good, but we didn't know how good Grant Hill was until his third or fourth year. And you didn't know how good Christian Lehner was until he hit that shot. Really, right? I, I like this because now it's going back to the way it was in those days where you're now starting to see everybody was talking about Jalen Suggs as a good player, but they were talking more so about Cunningham, right? So at the same time, this is a national championship game where, like you said earlier, it's going to be a team game from both sides. Will baseball go back to continuing to play without fans? It's almost like the fans weren't there anyways, because when you go to a baseball game, you just walk around, eat hot dogs <laughs> and popcorn. And um, beer. <laughs> so it's like they don't even need people, you know? Um, How do you feel? I feel like this is going to be another situation. Baseball is too loose. A couple of teams just canceled their series because of COVID. 
I'm really getting tired of this COVID thing, to be honest with you. Like, it's becoming annoying. Like, it's not it's not even like a scare thing at this point. It's becoming annoying. I think baseball, because they're not handling it the right way, I wouldn't be shocked or surprised if they decide to go back into a bubble format or where you just go into their stadiums and you're playing a little bit and then end the, the season again at Globe, uh, Global Life Park like they did this past year, but with everything opening back up and I feel like they're going to pressure the players to get this vaccine shot that way that they're going to be okay. And even if the fans come in, you know, it's not going to bother them, but I think Manfred is going to go back to a no fans thing, just like he did last year. We're both annoyed with COVID Mm -hmm. to for multiple, multiple reasons, Um, even reasons beyond sports. The fans, going to play without fans is the first step before putting the season on hold, Mm -hmm. um, which I think we're going to end up at the season being on hold again. So I do expect the, I do expect fans to not be allowed at the games. Um, We'll see how long that goes, but I do also suspect that we're also going to see baseball shut down. I think we're going to see a few sports that actually end up feeling that we're probably going to see soccer league shut down. Um, we might see the NBA season start a little bit later um, next season. Football season may be affected by it. As we've seen, they played every game in the NFL year, but things had to be moved around. Like we're catering to a, a, a virus, right? Mm-hmm. We're not able to live our lives at this point <laughs> like like we used to. Everything has right. to be caution, COVID, caution, COVID. And the way that people feel like it is, yes, Exactly. Right. Look on your face. Um, that's how I feel about it because it's like, well, I can wake up in the morning and I can catch tuberculosis, but that's not going to necessarily, you know, be a pandemic, right? But yet I have a, a greater possibility of dying from that than COVID. So it's weird. HIV is still a big thing in this country, and people aren't t- diabetes is still the number one killer. Mm-hmm. right now so far in this world and nobody's talking about it's it. crazy how if you look like at people's are sharing their old posts and saying they want to go back to their old life and how like nostalgic an old photo looks like when i watch like people doing a shot ski mm-hmm. and now like that'll never be a thing again probably uh, no one will ever do a shot ski unless we all get this this virus and and not, uh this shot no. this vaccine i'm sorry <laughs> this vaccine it's just it's just weird to me that they're they're pressing on it like more so than anything. I remember when the flu shot, Michael. I mean, you're about my age. You remember when the flu shot first came out? Yeah. It still didn't get this much trash. <laughs> yeah, COVID is. It makes, it makes me wonder. Like people die from the flu every year. Yes. Right, yeah. and older elderly people because it messes with their whole respiratory system. Right. Yes. But the flu has never been a pandemic. No. Right? The flu shot has always been, get it if you want. Yeah. Now yeah, everybody has to get it. Yeah. Now, no traveling, no this, no that. What? Are you serious? Come on, guys. Like, yeah. let's, if, if science can't be questioned, then what are we even doing? You know what I mean? Like, it should just be rules. Forget testing. Forget that and the other. Just bring it out. Because science should be able to be questioned. If you're trying to discover something and there's a better way to find, in this case, a vaccine, if I can't question science and I can't question what you're doing, that tells me, that gives me reasons to be suspicious. When I become 
co-owner, when I become co-owner of the new NBA team here in Nevada, I'm going to do this in our stadium. I think every stadium needs to have a temperature gauge on them. When people walk through yeah, the metal detector, yeah. it should be a thing now. They're, it, they're doing sanitized walkthroughs too, where you walk through that little, like a mm-hmm. little trailer, you walk in and out, you sit, I don't know, I guess sanitize your body, they can check your temperature too. Don't tell people in Arizona that because we're going to get suspected for COVID and it's just hot outside. <laughs> <laughs> you can't get in the game because you went to, you went to this restaurant and sat on the, on, on the porch and it was 110 <laughs> degrees outside you come in and you're higher than 98. Oh, that's true. That's true you, yeah. you got a point. It'll be the same way in Nevada as well. We're we hot. We got the Raiders. We have the Raiders. So <laughs> it starts know. cooling down in fall. Start. Hey, you, you, you still. can move. <laughs> He's like telling us how great right. it is in Nevada. <laughs> yeah, he had nothing. No, but hey, it, cools it down. was yeah, nothing. Why the, we've been trying to figure out why people are in Arizona it was nothing, over but, Vegas crickets when you did that he couldn't do nothing but smile and put his head down we don't, no. get, we don't get why people choose arizona over nevada when you have no state income tax you still get the same hot like the <laughs> same more heat. bang for your buck on what what it what costs out here i could tell is you it cheaper my residential way of living is a lot cheaper than what your guys probably is up there i was pretty cheap i was just cheap How, what is your cheapness my mortgage is 1015 dollars a month that's or pretty for good. How, how, how big of a house 1600 square feet with a pool in the back that you mm. have to use with misters <laughs> and then you up. add in the cost of the misters all the water you gotta drink he just know. gave us some insight or in michael's case milk and um <laughs> we just gave he, we just gave we just gave some and so he just gave us some insight because we were wondering, like, why the hell is everybody choosing yeah. Arizona over, like, Nevada? And I guess, yeah, that's why. Yeah. Don't drink milk in the heat of the summer. I don't think oh, I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Last question for the both of you. What's your biggest concern for the Lakers repeating? Well, I would say health um, over anything. I'm not necessarily worried about you know, the Nets, because we haven't seen what all five of them can do together. The, it's kind of allowing some of these stars, like let's say Kevin Durant, he's missed 30 games. Mm-hmm. That's a great way to be healthy come, you know, come playoff time. Let's play these guys and let these guys rest during the playoffs until we can get all five healthy and rested for the finals. I think it'd be more of the Lakers health than anything. That's the biggest hurdle. We've got AD, who we've both said has been injured to the point to where you would say keep him out for the year. Yeah. Right? Yeah. LeBron's uh, ankle sprain is a bad ankle sprain. The way that his ankle got bent, it wasn't like your typical roll of the ankle. Mm. He's got a high ankle sprain that usually takes about four to six weeks to heal, and we're going on what, week number four, I think? Three, four? Three, three, four. Yeah. So we've still got a few more weeks to go on that. I saw Wesley Matthews got hurt the other night. He hit his head on – like, these guys are just walking on the court and getting broken. They're breaking the team as soon as they step on the court. But that would be my biggest hurdle and my biggest concern mm-hmm. is the Lakers' health over anything. The only thing that's going to keep them from winning it all is them. It's always hard to repeat anyways. You know, LeBron James said that, you know, even though he was prepared, you got to think about it. Uh, the way your body, your body gets used to the way you train. Okay. First of all, so I'll use baseball for an example. 
my wife would tell you, I like to work out in the wintertime, um, mainly because <clears throat> in, in baseball, that's when we worked out the most. And we played games during the summertime. So it was never a, a thing where it was like, hey, I'm going to work out in the summertime. I work out like harder from those fall months until March, you know, and that's when I feel like, oh, OK, well, because th that's what my mind is mentally programmed to do. Same thing with basketball right now their schedule is all all uh messed up you know they had to you know they basically even though they had you know like someone said i think Stephen a said it, three or four months off before they start playing again in the bubble right so they had three or four months off last year but then this year they played and then two months later six six weeks later they're back to playing again right so if you're not taking care of your body like LeBron, you got issues and you got problems, right? And or the teams that, you know, like we're seeing those alien injuries, right? Like you still need other people. Like I'm looking at the Warriors, for example. Steph Curry is Steph Curry is doing everything right now. You can tell how much he misses Klay Thompson. You can tell how much he needs that other player, right? Which you know, in fact, is he going to stay there? Will he go join LeBron so they can just rule the rest of the NBA, right? That would be crazy. Yeah, that would be crazy. Everybody in the world would just become a Lakers fan. I mean. I got a question for you on that. Yeah. Do you think Steph understands now what it was like to be LeBron in the finals? Not Do yet. The reason why is because Steph, this is why the argument in this day and age, when you say is LeBron one of the best players in the world? I mean, he is the best player in the world. Think about it like this. LeBron can take a bunch of guys like Jordan Clarkson and all those guys and elevate them to a NBA championship. Mm -hmm. Steph Curry, as good as he is, he's not doing the same thing. He's not directing traffic. He's a shooter. You, you're seeing the difference. Kyrie Irving, as good as he is, he can't do it. So I don't think he feels that way yet because they're not in the playoffs yet. When they get into the playoffs, if they get into the play-in situation and then he has to do it, I'm going to he's going to know, damn. I see how hard, you you brought you brought up a very good point. I mean, nobody I don't think anybody realizes just how impactful LeBron James is. He can take uh, he can be the 15th guy on a 15-man roster and take 14 guys that have no experience. Now, this is the problem when they get into that situation, right, in the NBA Finals, which is what happened, besides the JR play, I think that if they would have won that game, that series would have been way different If besides the J.R. Smith game. Uh, that J.R. Smith game, because that game was won. <laughs> that game was won by the Cavaliers. You got the rebound. Just take it back up, brother. Like, I mean, it is what it is. They still ended up winning it. But I feel like that would change the scope of the whole thing. But not just their health, if they don't get back to it. This is definitely Chris Paul's year if he takes advantage of it. And uh, the Lakers don't bring back AD. I know you disagree, but I'm telling you, they say playoff rondo. Chris Paul is a different monster if he's healthy in the playoffs too. And now he has an actual team. They have, he has a team now. He, he has a better team than he's ever had. You you think that the Suns can hit the finals this year? If AD uh, and LeBron aren't healthy, absolutely. 
if AD and LeBron are healthy, then my team following up would be Utah. Well, I mean, that's everybody's consensus pick because they have the best record. They have the best, they have the best record in the league, but I'm gonna even throw another wrench in there. I think Denver, nobody beating Denver if they're all healthy. Oh, that's another that's another one that's up there. They're what fifth in, in the West right now? Mm-hmm. No, yeah. they're no, no. Oh, they're third? I think they uh is the I think they're third. Gotcha. It's gonna be an interesting playoff season, I'll tell you that. The second season is gonna be awesome, I think. And uh, you know, it's going to be one of those situations where people are like, now I understand why some people don't like to necessarily how LeBron gets a lot of flack for maybe resting a couple games throughout the year. They're fourth. They're fourth. The Lakers are fifth, yeah. So, uh, you know, people give a lot of flack to LeBron for taking a couple days off during the regular season. But when he does that, he's not overly concerned for the regular season. He's getting himself prepared for the championship, which is what his goal is. And it looked like it's going to be, it looked like they're going to slide into like we were talking about earlier. I think they're going to slide into that playoff game. Now this is the deal. If they're, if they all come back healthy mm-hmm. going into the playoff, uh, the play in game, yeah. then they win. But if they're not, I mean, you look at who you got to play against. If that's the situation you got to play against the Mavericks, the Grizzlies, the Spurs, and the Warriors, I'm not sure this Laker team can beat those teams without AD and LeBron. Yeah, without AD and LeBron, no. No. But with one or the other, they'll go through any oh, one of those teams. And if they have both, then they, will, they should be able to win the whole thing. My final take, I want to say congratulations to Mr. Roy Williams, Coach Roy Williams. I've been following that man for a long time. He's one of my favorite coaches, especially when he started off at Kansas. Winning championships there. Then he won some in North Carolina. It was only fitting and right that he went there. He was there so long, I forgot that he was there. And then I want to praise him for giving the the nod to Hubert Davis. And 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 I feel like if more coaches like Roy Williams start hiring or suggesting, you know, start hiring assistant coaches like Hubert Davis, black coaches, then that line of coaching's coaches we won't have to talk about is this team going to hire a black coach is this team going to have a black coach because the way Jawan Howard is doing things right now and the way Hubert Davis is doing things right now and the way Patrick Ewan is doing things right now you're you're now putting in the work if this is the way it has to be so a black coach can get the opportunity to play uh to coach in the NBA even though they've played in the NBA uh, then I'm all for it. I, I like I want to salute uh, Roy Williams, 900 wins. The guy is, is definitely class act. Um, I hope Coach K sticks around a little bit more, but I want to salute Roy Williams for for everything he's done. And by him, like hiring, putting the nod for Hubert Davis, he just helped propel college basketball uh, instead of college basketball taking a step back. I agree. And, you know, a big salute to him. I love Roy as well. I mean, I've always, I've grown up loving North Carolina, although shout out to my man, Jawan Howard, because that is my favorite school. Mm -hmm. I'm in that similar type situation, a former player, uh, a a black individual as well. Um, And stepping into, you know, his former team and being able to take those guys at least to the elite eight was great in his first year. Um, But again, big salute to Roy Williams. My final take is going to be on something a little bit different. Um, Spirit of Baseball is back, right? We talked about it. Yeah. Um, I'm interested to see, though, 
as I see the way that these contracts are coming out, I'm going to be interested to see what happens at the end of this season for some of these young superstars. So if I just rattle off a couple of names, let's think about these contracts that are out there. Mike Trout, right? 400 plus. Mookie Betts, 300 plus. Fernando Tatis, 300 plus. John Carlos Stanton, 300 plus, right? Um, Francisco Garrett Cole, Ford. 300 plus, Lindor right? Just signed a huge one too. And uh, who was it? Lindor. Yeah, Francisco Lindor. Lindor, 314 million, right? I personally am going to throw out there that I feel like the next one is going to be Ronald Acuna. Shout out to the, you know, your, your Braves, you know, yeah. you've got the hat on today. Yeah. But I'm interested to see how this actually happens because as we've seen with, let's say the NFL, right? What's going on, Patrick Mahomes already is going to have to take a little bit of a cut this coming season, right? Out of his $500 million possible deal. The only reason I say possible is because there's always incentives to make it that much. Mm-hmm. But how can how I want to see how baseball is going to sustain this? Are we taking an actual full turn where now three hundred million dollars is like your ten million dollar contracts from twenty years ago, or hundred million dollar contracts, or like when it was extremely important when Alex Rodriguez got his three hundred million dollar contract? Like, oh my gosh, this is mind blowing. This is literally a everyday thing nowadays. So I want to see how teams respond to this. Mm-hmm. I want to see how players respond to this because if for 300 plus million dollars, we should see people that are better than Ken Griffey Jr., Barry Bonds, right? Roger Clemens. And I know I've laid a couple of players that are out here that are PED people, but there's no taking away that Barry Bonds' eye is the greatest eye that has ever ha- happened in baseball, right? There's no doubt in my mind that Ken Griffey Jr. had the best swing in baseball history. It was pure, it was beautiful, and it was smooth. We should see a different era in baseball, which is why I'm bringing this up as far as being excited for, because we are at that doorstep of the next group, the next big names that are going to go down in baseball history, not just because of their contracts for how, for how good it is, how good they are. So let's see where this actually goes and salute to the 2020, 2021 season, because I think it's going to be interesting. Yeah. And um, my last take on that take is that, Remember, TV contracts are different. Um, there's more money to be played with now. Um, and even with Barry Bonds rubbing cream on his, on his shoulders or whatever it was, right? This one thing I will say, it doesn't matter. Baseball, yeah, the power helps you hit home runs. But at the same time, you need to be able to have hand-eye coordination and to hit that ball. So, you know, he had one of the best eyes, like you said. I, I don't know why he's not in the Hall of Fame. They can say what they want to. But Barry Bonds had a great year up until, you know, they they said that he was doing PEDs and, and using cream or whatever. So, but I think it's just, it's, a, it's a little bit different. You know, uh, Patrick Mahomes, he restructured his contract. And remember, NFL, even though NFL makes a lot of money, a lot of their revenue goes to the owner and baseball is a lot different. Baseball has more revenue and it is more guaranteed money there. And and then there's more people that watch baseball. Uh, I mean, even though there's, I'm sorry, football is the most watched sport, but there are more participants at baseball games. So when it comes to the money, I think what, I think what you would really relaying to is, is the COVID situation going to mess up the MLB because they are handing out, huge contracts and these guys are signing 10 year deals. Like I've never seen 
this before. You forgot Bryce Harper. He also signed. Oh, yeah, that was Bryce Harper. Yeah, Bryce yeah. Harper also signed a, a big one. So, um, you know, and Alex Rodriguez not only signed a $300 million deal, but he signed a $275 million deal with the Yankees as well. So this guy made somewhere in the upwards of $600 million in his playing career. So well, he signed that $275 little closer than midway of his $300 million deal. It was an extension. So. Right, right. It was it, – well, it was actually – uh, when he was almost done with the other contract. Yeah, it was 2007, 2008 when he when they won the World Series. He signed that new deal, but then he started getting... So do you see anybody other than Ronald Acuna getting that next contract? I was shocked when Francisco Lindori got his. I mean, I know how valuable he is, but there are a few people that I can see um, just off the, man, off the top of my head. I'm gonna look at Sanchez. I'm look at Sanchez for the Yankees. I think uh, I think he is gonna be a solid player. I think he's gonna get the next big deal. I mean, the guy uh, is already hitting home runs. He's very solid. He's a bet one of the best catchers in the league right now. So I'm looking at him possibly. I'm looking at him possibly doing it. Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting. I think uh, if it's not Acuna. Um, then it would be, oh God, what's his name from the Washington Nationals? Because Rendon just got one leaving the Nationals. He got 200-plus from the Angels. Angels, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I forgot who else. It's, it's, it's different now. The money is different. I mean, like yeah. Dam, uh, Dam, uh, Damian Lillard, he just said that by age 35, he's going to be on May $400 million in his playing career. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It took Shaq. Shaq is making, you know, upwards. He's made five hundred million in just endorsements, and right, and then somewhere around three hundred four million in his playing career. But it's just crazy because we're not talking about the endorsements that Damian Lillard is going to be making, right? LeBron James with his endorsements puts him over a billion dollars right now. So, yep. yeah, yeah. So this is just a different. It's a different time. The more and more people are lazy and they're watching TV, that's TV time. And that's going to be TV money, which means that player is going to get that kind of money. It, it, it just, it is what it is. So. Yep. It'll be an interesting one, but yes, uh, definitely excited for the baseball season. This year. And with that, everybody, we have to say thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys like subscribe and, uh, Go to our uh, YouTube that's coming out real soon. It's going to be Take Out the Take featuring Duante Keller Woods and Michael Franz. And for that, I am Duante Keller Woods for my man, Michael Franz, and our lovely mediator, Amanda Keller Woods. This is Take After the Take. Yes, sir.